You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. Much love. But thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. I am your host, Cole Nixon. I'm a senior at Ohio Wesleyan University in Delaware, Ohio, majoring in business marketing with a minor in data analytics. I also play football for the Battling Bishops with a love for sports and entrepreneurship. That's why I started this podcast. I wanted to be able to share the knowledge and advice of sports figures and entrepreneurs with all of you. Just about every week, I try to bring on a guest who is viewed as a leader and motivator in the world of athletics, coaching, entrepreneurship, business, and just life in general. A new episode is released every single Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss Motivation Monday at the end of each episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast and Twitter at RoughnecksPodC1. If you want to contact the Roughnecks Podcast about potential sponsorship or collaboration, then message us on social media or email at RoughnecksPodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Shout out to Dante Fair for the podcast music introduction and PNH Studio for the logo. Now let's get into this week's show. Hello. Hi. Hey. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 24 of the Roughnecks podcast. Thank you to all my loyal listeners out there who listen each week or just about each week. If you are one of those people who listens consistently, then let me know. I want to know who my fans are out there, and I appreciate each and every one of you. But also, if you're from like um, somewhere other than the United States, let me know that as well. You know, give us a follow on social media and like give me a message. So like, I'm I'm open to hearing like who all listens. I want to learn about who is uh, listening to this, so that also I can cater my episodes to you. But thank you for listening. February is over, the month of love for some. I hope you guys uh, had more love than I did, but happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yeah, I know, I'm a little 14 days late or whatever, uh, but I posted on social media, so that counts. Uh, Speaking of social media, if you like the Roughnecks podcast and aren't following on social media, then are you truly a fan? Go on Instagram right now and give us a follow at Roughnecks podcast, and then when you're done with that, go to Twitter and follow Roughnecks Pod C1. Doing this can help the podcast grow into something bigger than it already is. We just reached 900 views, and I said that if we got 900 views before the end of February, that I would do a giveaway. By the time this episode comes out, it will have been announced on social media, but I'm going to reiterate what the giveaway is just so you guys hear it and have all like now you know can you can go enter but there are two ways you can enter and you can also you can enter twice so you have up to two entries if you go on instagram you give us a follow you'll find the post give us a follow like the post and tag a friend in that post and i will send you a confirmation that you entered and then if you want to enter again you can go on twitter follow it follow the the tweet or follow the podcast like the tweet about the giveaway and then retweet that tweet and you're you'll be entered again I'll also like message you or you know at you or whatever just so you guys know um but so this started Friday February 26th it'll end Thursday night March 4th at midnight and the winners will be announced on March 5th which is a Friday a week from this Friday actually sorry 
it'll be when this comes out yet, this Friday, um, March 5th at 11 o'clock or 11 a.m. I will announce the winners on Instagram and Twitter. There are three different prizes. We got first prize, which will be a t-shirt and stickers. Hopefully that all works out. I mean, when I'm recording this, it's not all set in stone, but that this is my goal, my plan. First will be a t-shirt, a Roughnecks t-shirt and some Roughnecks stickers. Second will be just a Roughnecks t-shirt and third will be some Roughnecks stickers. So make sure you enter in that. It's real quick and easy. All you do is like, tag, follow. That's all you got to do. And uh, I hope uh, you guys enter. But now we are into March with a new topic in mind. January was inspiration. February was passion and love. And the new topic is drumroll, please. Mindset and attitude. Before we dive into the topic and the guests that I have lined up for you guys, I want to explain the topic, like the, the, the whole idea behind the topic thing. The topics each month is almost like a story in a way. I mean, that's my plan of how I'm trying to do it at least. And it's a story that's going to go throughout this entire year of 2021. Each week with every guest, it's like a small piece of that puzzle so each month is like a section of a puzzle. And you have, say we have 12 sections and we're already through the first two and now we're on to the third. So our story is something I hope that can help you through life. So like, you know, everything starts, everything you do in life, like a job, a hobby, a significant other, there's some kind of inspiration behind it. And then, the, I mean, these things can also be changed around. I'm not saying this is like the exact way it's going to go. Like it, it, sometimes things come differently, but... And then after that inspiration, you have like that passion and that love for that starts to grow behind it. And then now we're on to the third piece where you start to develop a mindset and an attitude about that thing in life. And this could be good or bad, but we will dive into that more here in a minute. But I want to give you guys a little introduction to the guest this month. This month, we're lucky enough to get five episodes instead of four. Normally, we get four episodes with four Mondays in the month. This month, we got five Mondays, which means four guests and five episodes. So, the order, like as we saw last month, the order of these guests could change, but March consists of these guests. We got Lindsey Karastensel, Jerry Harper, Corey Hare, and Christopher Bonner. Okay, Chris Bonner, aka Tripod, aka Bon Bon, you'll understand once I get to him. But so Lindsay Karastensel is without a doubt the biggest guest probably to ever join the show. And if you don't know who she is, just literally type in Lindsay Karastensel. And you're going to, I mean, she's, she's outstanding in the world of venture capital and entrepreneurship. She has her own podcast as well, which is 10 times better than this one. But check it out. It's called Be Boulder. And then you can kind of get a sense for who she is before she even comes on the show. Uh, her episodes are quick and they're really good and informational, but I'm super excited to have a conversation with her. It's going to be really fun. Also a little nervous, but we'll get through that. And then Jerry Harper. So I met Jerry. I don't even know why I called him Jerry. Everybody, we called him Harper here. Nobody calls him. I didn't call him Jerry. It was always Harper. I first met him when he came, when I came here to Ohio Wesleyan. He was a corner and also a hell of a punter. He, I believe, was two years ahead of me, or three. I think he was. 
I don't remember. I think he was two. Maybe I don't. I can't remember. But now he is a speed and performance coach and a personal trainer for his own company, which is called One Speed Athletics. Go check them out on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. He should give us a pretty good episode. Corey's hair is actually another kicker. I seem to have a lot of kickers on this podcast, apparently. I mean, yeah, everybody likes to say they're weird people, but I've had a lot of them on. I've had Schuster, Max, Moyer, soon to be Harper and Hare, like I, five kickers on the podcast. Who would have, who would have thunk it? I played with Corey at my high school, Walk-In Memorial in Pataska, Ohio. He was a year ahead of me and went on to kick at Ashland and then Ohio University. Uh, he actually asked me to be on the podcast. And, you know, a lot of times when these people ask to be on the podcast, it, well, my, usually sometimes my first thing is, what do you have to offer? But Corey is somebody that is going to have something to offer. I didn't even ask him that question because I know there's definitely something that he's going to be able to offer. And I'm excited to hear what he has to say about our topic this month. And wrapping up the month of March is a guest who is making a reappearance. He has one of the best episodes of all time. Christopher Bonner. Chris Bonner. Tripod. Chris Bonbon. Whatever you want to call him. He's got a lot of different nicknames. I call him Bonner. Um, he was my big brother in college for football. We always got assigned a big brother when we came in and he was mine. Uh, man, the kid was a clown and I loved him, but if you want to, I still do love him, but if you want to get to know who he is and kind of understand more about him before he comes back on, if you're new to the podcast, then go back and listen to episode six. That was his first appearance on the Roughnecks podcast. I asked Chris to come back on because he is somebody that's going to have a lot to talk about with this topic. You know, that mindset of when you're dealing with the hard things in life that we're, we all deal with hard things in life. And I think he's going to be a great person to talk about that. Um, that's why I have him closing out the month because I think he's going to have a really good episode for us. So now we can introduce, introduce and talk about mindset and attitude. Um, you know, I, I wasn't going to do this, but I think, I feel like it's something that we, I'm going to talk, I need to talk about, you know, because it, I'm just going to be blunt. All right, I'm going through a breakup. I, you know, she, she left. And this is where your mindset really comes into play, I feel like. You know, you can sit here and sulk and feel bad for yourself and just be sad. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't be sad. That is normal. You can be sad. But you also, like, you got to move past it. If you want her back, that's fine. But you got to move move forward with yourself because the more and more you sit here and sulk and don't do anything for yourself and just, you know, sit around, lay in bed all day, feeling depressed. Like, yes, we are all upset when some, like, when we go through a breakup. I mean, nine times out of ten, you, te- you cared out about that person and... It's hard to go through that breakup, but you can't sit around. Like, you have to get in that mindset that says, you know what? Yeah, I'm sad. I'm upset, but I'm going to step up, and I'm going to keep pushing for myself. I can be sad at the end of the day, but at least I can go to bed knowing that I've tried to better myself today. We're not saying every day is going to be a good day because it's not. I've had so many ups and downs lately, you know? One day you're... You're feeling on top of the world, and then all of a sudden, the next morning, you wake up, and you're just like, wow, I really miss them. But I still have to get out of bed, put my feet on the ground, and put one foot in front of the other, just like everybody else, because otherwise, I'm going to fall behind. You know, 
I have two podcast episodes to record this week. I could have laid in bed and sulk, but no, I have to get everything set up, get everything planned out, get ready for each episode, but you have to keep pushing, keep going to better yourself. Just even if you do one little thing that day, you don't need to do a bunch. Do one little thing. It could be the littlest thing like we talked about, I believe it was last month or maybe it was two months ago, but you know, you want to start changing the world. You want to start helping yourself. Start by making your bed every day. I've slacked at it. I'm not going to lie. I have slacked at it because I've not wanted to get out of bed in the mornings. So I'm getting out of bed at the last second and I'm, I'm struggling. It, and that's normal. I mean, I feel like it's normal. At least I hope it is. <laughs> but, you know, you struggle and but you can't you still you can if you make your bed in the morning, that's one task that you already completed that day. Right off, right off the bat, first thing in the morning, you make your bed or you brush your teeth or you shower. There's one task completed. Think of it that way. One thing complete. You already completed the first thing of the day real quick. Next thing, you know, let's get to something else. Let's do something else. Let's, let's grow off of that one achievement and keep pushing it. To, that's the mindset we got to have. And, you know, that's where I feel like this mindset, a lot of pers- the first person that comes to mind when I think of mindset Switching now back to what I was originally going to talk about, but um, a person that comes to mind with mindset is Kobe Bryant. I know I kind of talked about him a lot, and I mean, but he's such an iconic person, and he—I mean—he had the Mamba mentality. He had a mindset like no other. He had the mindset to win. He was doing a talk once, and they asked him, you know, say you really want me on your team. What's what's your approach to recruit me? <laughs> His response, you know, some might have called it cocky, but I think it's just a mentality of just it's just mentality of a winner. And he said, you want first place? Come play with me. You want second place? Go play somewhere else. It was that simple, that brief, that quick. I'm going to play a video. It's only like 10 minutes, I think, or nine minutes. I don't remember, but I'm going to play a little video of Kobe talking because me talking about it could literally do not justice. Like you just got to listen to Kobe talk and like listen to these questions he asked him and it it's it's crazy the man is i look up to him so much just like millions of other people do but here it is you really want me on the team what's your approach to recruitment you want first place come play with me you want second place go somewhere else like i, I would watch magic play i'd watch michael play and I would see them do these unbelievable things, and I'd say, you know, can I get to that level? I don't know, but let's find out. That's why he's the best player in the game. Everything was done to try to learn how to become a better basketball player. Everything, everything. And so when you have that point of view, then literally the world becomes your library to help you to become better at your craft. So because you know what you want, the world's giving you exactly the information you 100%, need to become better at it. Because you know what you're looking for. So many guys tell stories about your work ethic. Yeah. What was really your work ethic like and for how long did you stay disciplined? Um, well, I mean, I mean, every day. I mean, since you know, 20 years. I mean, it was an everyday process in trying to figure out strengths and weaknesses. For example, Jumping ability. Man, my vertical was a 40. It wasn't a 46 or a mm-hmm. 40, 45. Um, my hands are big, but they're not massive. 
right? So you got to figure out ways to strengthen them so your hands are strong enough to be able to palm a ball and do the things that you need to do. Uh, quickness, I was quick, but not insanely quick. I was fast, but not ridiculously fast, right? So I had to rely on skill a lot more. I had to rely on angles a lot more. I had to study the game a lot more. And, uh, but I enjoyed it though. So like from the time I was, I can remember when I started watching the game, I studied the game mm. and it just never changed. It's a good separation for me, you know, emotionally to be able to put myself in a place where at practice or when I'm training or during games, I switch my mind to something else. I switch my mode into something else, right? For me, it's the equivalent of Maximus, Desmus, Meridius, and Gladiator picking up the dirt, smelling the dirt, it's go time, right? So that was my mental switch. It was like an actor getting ready for a film. You got to put yourself in that cage. When you're in that cage, you are that character. And then when you leave there, it's something completely different. But when I'm in that cage, bro, don't touch me, don't talk to me. Just leave me alone. How did you get mentally and emotionally so strong where it doesn't bother you? Well, you know, it's, you got to look at the reality of the situation. You know, like for me, it's not, you know, you, you kind of got to get over yourself. Like, it's not about you, man. Like, oh, okay, you feel embarrassed. You're not that important. Like, <laughs> get over yourself. That, that's where you go. Get over yourself, right? Like you're worried about how people may perceive you and like you're walking around and it's embarrassing because you shot five air balls. Get over yourself. Right? And then after that, it's okay, well, why did those air balls happen? Got it. High school, year before, we played 35 games, max, right? Week in between, spaced out, plenty of time to rest. In the NBA, it's back to back to back to back to back to back to back. I didn't have the legs. So you look at the shot, every shot was online, every shot was online, but every shot was short. Right? I got to get stronger. I got to train differently. The weight training program that I'm doing, I got to tailor it for an 82-game season mm -hmm. so that when the playoffs come around, my legs are stronger and that ball gets there. So I look at it with rationale and say, okay, well, the reason why I shot air balls is because my legs aren't there. I go, well, next year they'll be there. That was it. Done. Done. Were there some names that you looked at and says, these three guys are as crazy as I am? I do. I, I, at the time, I deal with what I've referred to as Goat Mountain. I went to Goat Mountain, and I talked to Magic, Michael, Bird, Kim Olajuwon, Jerry West, Oscar Robinson, Bill Russell. You know, so I would talk to them. What did you do? What were your experiences? Michael, in particular, he's become my big brother. He's been my big brother since I first came in the league. And what was that process like? So I went to them and started understanding the ins and outs of the game and you know, how they approach things and their level of detail and obsessiveness. And, um, and that's what I did. The players that had that passion but weren't willing to commit their entire lives to doing that, right? It's a choice. Right? You have other things, you have family, you have all these other things that you have to do. The game can't really be your number one priority. And so I was just looking at that like, man, I'm, this is going to be fun. If, if I'm buddies with you from high school, if I'm a cousin of yours, what happened to our relationship? How, how did that gravitate when you went into the league and you're, you're determined to become 
the greatest, or you're determined to become one of the greatest, what happens to our relationship? Well, it suffers. It does suffer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because and you they, understood that. You oh, were okay oh, yeah. with that. Oh, yeah. And, and the people that love you, like friends and family, like they know that about you. Got it. So they let you be you. And when you reconvene, you know, you pick back up where you left off. Mm -hmm. But make no mistake about it, everything in between is lost. Right? So those long-term relationships, the commitment of time of, uh, you know, uh, taking vacation. Like I see a lot of players take vacations with other players that are close friends. And they'll just take vacations just to take vacations or just hang out, just to hang out. Like I, I, I'm not, I never did that. Why, why, not, why, why, why didn't you do that? What, well, because when I retire, I didn't want to have to say, I wish I would have done more. I don't want that. You know, I don't want that. You know, you got a lot of people playing their hard-earned money to come watch you perform. 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 It's your job to be in shape. It's your job to be strong enough to perform at that level every single night. And as a competitor, I'm not, I'm not ducking shit. Like, it's not, oh my God, my back hurts, I'm sore. We got to play Vince Carter and Toronto Raptors tonight. We actually had this happen. We had a game against Toronto in 2000. Um, and Vince was tearing the league up. Um, my back was jacked, jacked. But like the perception of that, like what? Kobe's missing a game against Toronto and Vince Carter because man, my back was really spasming. But people would be like, what? Oh, he's ducking Vince. Excuse me? No, I don't think so. So I would be in the layup line like, okay, there's a lot of days where you, know, you can rest and recover. Today ain't one of them. Your back can bother you any other day that shit ain't bothering me today. Wow. We going he gonna have to see oh, me today. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking at a big investments you gotta make, what is the decision making process there? Do you call? Is there first you do your own research? You take this much time. You call an advisor. Is there a, is there a system? You no, follow? it's pretty pretty simple for me. It's it's. Do you understand the business? Is it a business that you can help in some form or fashion? What are the barriers to entry to that business? And then the entrepreneurs themselves, the company itself, right? Do they have a culture that you believe is sustainable? Are these leaders people that you believe in? Are they people that are obsessives? And in turn, have they created a culture of obsessiveness? So I tend to look at those four factors and that's it. That's, that's big right there, by the way. I don't know if you guys caught that right there. That's pretty massive right there. Um, same determination. What's your current work schedule look like today? It's it's uh it's different because I personally am not writing every word of the novels. I am not animating the films. What I have to do now is make sure that the people that we bring in, these obsessives that we bring in, are challenging themselves to do the best job that they think they can do. That's what I'm there for, is for them to constantly look in the mirror and self-assess and challenge themselves. If we have a project and you're saying, okay, I can do that, that's not the project we want. The projects that say, I don't know if I can animate that. I don't know how to write that story. I don't know how to do that. Those are the things we want, because through that curiosity, you'll reach a level that you didn't think was possible. 
And so running the studio, that's what I'm doing. You're playing against the Golden State Warriors. Score is 107-109. You guys are close to getting into the playoffs. You know exactly what happens in the game. You go up, you're about to take your shot, and then all of a sudden, boom, yeah. Achilles happens, right? He went and hit the free throws, and then you walked off the stage. Yeah. You got the surgery done. When I, I went in the trainer's room, my kids are in there, and, you know, they're looking at you and stuff, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, you know, it's all right. Dad's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. As a parent, you got to set the example. You got to set the example. This, this is another obstacle. This obstacle cannot define me. It's not going to cripple me. It's not going to be responsible for me stepping away from the game that I love. I'm going to step away on my own terms. And that's when the decision was made that, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. What freaking beast, bro. Hey, hey. I mean, as you can see, that man was an excellent, like, he's a legend, and he is one of the most motivating people that there is out there. Like, you can find how many videos of him or how many speeches of him just talking, and I know he's not with us anymore today, but, like, Kobe, I think almost, it's sad to say, but after he died, it's almost like the realization of his mentality. I mean, he everybody already knew his mentality but I feel like he got amplified and I think people really wanted to embody that because he was such a great person and an, a motivating person I mean he literally has a mindset named after him we all know what the mamba mentality is and if you don't then I, I feel bad for you he I mean Kobe just has a drive that is second to none we all need to develop that mindset because it will help us become better each and every day but don't make it, you know, I don't want you to be like, all right, I have the Mamba mentality. You know what? Make it your own. Make it who you are. Make it, you know, I'm going to make mine the Cole Nixon mentality. Make it who you are and make it your own because that I think that will motivate you even more, in my opinion. I got a couple books and some sections I'm going to read to you guys. And, you know, as you know, this whole topic idea thing stems from the the winner's manual and the champion's manual and all that. So... The winner's manual is what I'm going to start with, and I'm going to go to chapter three, which is on attitude. And I think mindset and attitude are one and the same. They're a little different, but they're also the same. But I got some sections I'm going to read to you guys, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and explain and give my thoughts on them. I'm going to let you listen to them and take them as your own. So here's the first section. And this is more of like a, a team, a football-oriented thing, but I think it can be taken into business and, you know, just life in general. But I think the chapter three, attitude. I think the final outcome of most football games is affected more by attitude than by talent. I once heard someone say that an upset is really in the mind of the favorite. If the favorite team plays to the best of their ability, the underdog probably isn't going to win. But if there's an upset, it's probably because... The favorite didn't have the right attitude. A team that has the right attitude and happens to be blessed with greater talent and ability is not likely to be upset. As a football team, we have to understand that our thinking affects everything we do. 
what we're thinking, how we're looking at a situation, it, it is so important. It's not about what the newspapers say. It's not about what mom and dad are thinking. They may say, oh, you guys are really going to wallop them, or it could be the other way. You guys are going to get killed. But we can't afford to let either of those attitudes creep into our thinking. It can be helpful, however, to have encouragers who help you believe the best about yourself along the way. I can't tell you how many of our players have said, my mom kept telling me I could do it. She said I could be anything I wanted to be. The fundamental of attitude, it was practiced and practiced until the player latched onto it. A good attitude can overcome some other limitations. Talent can't overcome the wrong attitude. The Big Ten fundamentals are difficult to make a part of our daily lives. For example, how do we take the time to be as grateful as we should be? None of us has the perfect attitude we'd like to have. A lot of times I catch myself saying, I can't believe I was thinking that way. But if we practice the fundamentals and keep reminding ourselves and keep reading the thoughts of great people, we give ourselves a chance to change. Look at the people quoted in, the, in this chapter and throughout this book. These are achievers. They've done extraordinary things. And what I hear them saying to me is that in a great and positive way, I can boil down success in my life to my attitude. And then now I move, and I think this is, when I first read the uh, the heading when I started reading this chapter, I was like, I, <laughs> I almost got like more into the book because I knew it, it's one of those things that it's little, but it hit me. And I was like, you, you know, it's like really true. But this is called, this is a heading in the same chapter. It's your attitude is a choice. Attitude is not a formula we can put under a microscope and make it work every time and to help us win every game. We're still going to lose from time to time. We're, going, we're still going to get upset. The salesman is still going to lose a sale. The ad advertising executive will still strike out on an ad plan. Be but because our attitude is a choice, I think if we work hard on our objective and practice our fundamentals, at the end of the day, we'll probably be pleased with the number of sales or effectiveness of our ads or number of wins. That's what I'd like to get across because I believe it is true. The older our players get, the more they realize that it's their choice what they're feeling what they're thinking, and what approach they take to life. We find that the younger and less mature players have less handle on their attitude and more reactionary. They're more susceptible to the events of their lives. They'll say things like, I dropped the ball and coach hates me. I'm never going to get in the game. Or they'll focus on the referee and a bad call or anything else that doesn't go their way. In the classroom, it's a professor they think doesn't like the football players. Attitude is not something that comes by instinct. It has to be practiced over and over and over and relearned over and over and over. The more our players study and practice the fundamentals, the more they believe they can decide how they feel. They realize they have the power to, uh, over that attitude. Their coach doesn't have the power. Neither does the referee or that professor. How they approach their attitude is their choice. We have to choose to have a good attitude, and we have to keep reminding ourselves in the midst of a newspaper publicity or things other people are saying that we are going to be in charge of how we think. That's a powerful principle in life of a football player, a trash collector, a pastor, a dad, a stay-at-home mom, or someone who works in an office. That, that little bit right there, like that I think is the most important like, part of this. Like, your attitude is your choice. People are going to make you feel things, but how you react, how your mindset is, how you, your reactionary is you. You decide that. No one else gets to decide that for you.
You didn't yell at somebody because of X, Y, Z. You yelled because you wanted to. You didn't, you know, drop that pass because of X, Y, Z. You dropped that pass because you dropped that pass. Things happen. Your attitude is your choice. And then there's another section in this that is living a grateful life. And here it is. It says, I think it's a huge wake-up call anytime you take things for granted. When you're a team member, if you've ever entered Ohio Stadium and you're not ready to play, it means you're taking for granted the wonderful privilege you have. And you're not really grateful. It means you're not living with an attitude or grat- an attitude of gratitude. When I enter the stadium, I should be saying, wow, how many millions of people like to be running out on this field right now in front of 105,000 fans and millions of television viewers. The same thing goes in the classroom. We tell our players that if we have tutors available and they don't take advantage of that and don't do well as well in the classroom as they should, that's failing to recognize how fortunate they are. One thing we do during the preseason to foster an attitude of gratitude is have guys write a couple letters. We encourage each player to tell someone he knows how fortunate he is to have that person in his life. I don't know everything the guys write, but I have had some people tell me with tears in their eyes how much those letters have meant to them. I think especially in the age of emails and text messages and voicemails and good old fashion, a good old-fashioned handwritten letter speaks volumes to people. Many of our players get thousands of pieces of mail a day, so they don't even think about it. But take someone who's not getting any mail and see if that kind of gesture doesn't mean, any, mean anything. It might be a fourth grade teacher, a mentor, or a former former coach. The neat thing about a letter is that you can hold it in your hand and save it in a special place. It can be stashed in a drawer, ready to be pulled out when a person needs a little boost. For our players, writing those letters of gratitude is a great action step. To determine whether people are living a grateful life, we can look in the classroom or the home or wherever they spend their time. If they're not committed to becoming the best students in the classroom or the best sons and daughters at home, that's a huge warning sign. I think the person who has the right attitude is able to say, man, am I lucky to be here? I need to study. I really don't like this class, but I am so thankful I'm here that I'm going to study hard, practice as hard, but I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity I have. Constant reminders of how fortunate we are can help us to keep things in proper perspective. We all have times when, we're, when we've slacked off at work. That shows we're not grateful for the jobs we have. We've all neglected our relationship with God. That comes directly from the lack of gratitude. We get too busy in our own little words and let the pressures around us squeeze, squeeze us and mold that's not helpful. Another good illustration of thankfulness is our walk-ons. The guys who come to Ohio State without a scholarship and no guarantee they'll play or even make the team. They gain so much from our program and it's probably more comprehensive than what our star players gain. Walk-ons are typically a little less distracted and a little more grateful. They aren't preoccupied with worrying about where they're going from here. They're busy enjoying the opportunity they have right now. Some of our players have realistic goals of playing in the NFL and people are telling them how much money they're going to make and at the next level. So in all fairness, it's harder for them to keep their minds in the here and now. But the guys who have to work hard just to get in the door, you can see it in their eyes every day. They're happy to be a part of the team. This is humility. The reality for most of our players is that ever since they were in the fifth grade, people have been telling them that they're the best. They were picked first on the playground and in Little League. They've been the tallest, the fastest, the strongest. Everyone looked up to them in high school. Dozens of college recruited them. 
All of that can be confusing for young people, especially if they want to be a part of this, a part of a team. They've been told all their lives, you're great, you're special. And then when they get to the team, they're told they have to give themselves up for others. We think it's important for our young players to hear about humility because they really want to be a positive, they really want to be positive role models. They want to do things right. They've seen people they respect who may not necessarily be humble, and they're trying to figure out what kinds of people they want to be. We talk a lot about the concept of humility coming before honor. We first have to humble ourselves, whether it's humbling ourselves to become a part of the team, humbling ourselves to become a freshman after being top dog in high school, or humbling ourselves to come under the teaching of someone who knows more than we do. There are a lot of ways we can humble ourselves and other ways we can get humbled. Former French President Charles de Gaulle, I don't know if I said that right, but once remarked, graveyards are full of irreplaceable men. That quote is a good one for our guys to hear. I don't want to paint them in I don't want to paint them in a bad light. But they've had lots of people telling them they're wonderful, important, irreplaceable, indispensable. And most of the guys who come into our program know inside that humility is important, but I'm not sure they fully understand what it really means. I think Troy Smith, who had a difficult childhood with different foster parents and a number of schools, he had already had a tough life. We recruited another player at quarterback and recruited Troy for his overall athletic ability, thinking we could mold him into whatever position the team needed. This shows how surprised you can be as a coach. Five years later, Troy won the Heisman Trophy at quarterback and was drafted in the NFL. He said that one of the things that shaped him through his experience at Ohio State was humility. There's also a thing here. It says Colin Powell's rules, and it's like a little side thing. But, um, you know, he's got 13 rules, and I think they're, there's something that is cool to look at. And one, it ain't as bad as you think. It will look better in the morning. Two, get mad, then get over it. Three, avoid having your ego so close to your position that when your position falls, your ego goes with it. Four, it can be done. Five, be careful what you choose. You may get it. Six, don't let adverse facts stand in the way of a good decision. Seven, you can't make someone else's choices. You shouldn't let someone else make yours. Eight, check small things. Nine, share credit. Ten, remain calm, be kind. 11. Have a vision. Be demanding. 12. Don't take the counsel of your fears or naysayers. 13. Perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. Those are some actually really important things to live by and humility and gratitude. An example of a person who combines humility and gratitude is linebacker A.J. Hawk. I mean, I'm sure most of my high listeners and I mean a lot of people in general probably know who A.J. Hawk is, but the great Green Bay Packer and formal Buckeye, what made him great at Ohio State was that he did everything you would want a football player or a student or a friend to do. He accomplished a great deal and did it in a humble way. He never asked for the spotlight. In fact, he shunned it. He deferred to his teammates, and it was an interesting phenomenon to watch. His playing ability drew fans, but I think the, his immense popularity was in large part due to the way he handled himself. He had the chance to leave college early and become a first-round draft pick in the NFL. He didn't even consider it, because I think his built-in humility told him, I'm not worthy of that right now. AJ also showed how seamlessly gratitude meshes with humility. 
It always seemed that he was so grateful for the opportunities he'd had at Ohio State, so grateful for his teammates, and so humbled by what he'd been able to accomplish as the team that he didn't even consider leaving early. When, he was a, when his senior year was over, the pros were taken by the fact that A.J., who was truly worthy of being a top 10 pick in the NFL, was also genuinely humble and appreciative. I told the Green Bay Packers when they drafted him fifth, over, fifth overall, hey, you don't understand what a great relationship this is going to be because he's the kind of guy that would be so grateful to play in your city, so humbled by the acceptance he'll get there and the way they'll embrace him. That's just who he is. What a leader he was for his teammates at Ohio State. I've often said in coaching that the most talented players are also the hardest work, hardest workers. You've got a chance for real success because everyone looks up to the guys who produce. And if the top players have a genuine humility, you really have a chance to be something special. You can just tell by the way AJ carries himself that he is one of those guys. And I think, too, this is something, this last section is probably my second favorite, but you know, it's something to keep in mind, and I'll just, I'll just read it. And it's titled Enthusiasm. We have a lot of fun with the final component of attitude, enthusiasm. Every time we talk about it, I call on someone different from the team and ask them if he knows the origin of the word. Over the years, I've heard some pretty funny answers. Once I asked one of the coaches the question, and he was still thinking about the word discipline. Discipline, he said. The players just howled, of course. They'll take any shot at the coaches they can when they make a mistake. For six weeks, they were rubbing, rubbing that one in. And, of course, they thought they were simply showing enthusiasm. The word enthusiasm is a derivative of a Greek word, entheos, which basically means full of spirit, full of God. It's our hope that every team member will catch that vision and live, practice, and play in a way that's full of spirit and full of God. That's as enthusiastic as you can possibly be. We've all been around the type of person that everybody considers crazy. We say, this guy is gung-ho, or she never stops, she's always bubbly and seems to be in a different gear from everybody else. The person who lives life at full speed is one who's full of spirit. If you are one of those people, you know that barbs can be thrown your way for being too perky, too energetic, too positive. Enthusiastic people seem to have a glow about them, perhaps because they're going 100 miles an hour, but they're playing with their whole hearts and doing it constantly. All right, so that's enough of the winner's manual. Like I said, I, I'm not going to sit here and like go through in depth about it. Like I'm not Jocko Willink. If you know who Jocko is, then you know he really gets into these books. But I'm going to now switch to a different book, and I just want you guys to like listen to this and take it in your own way. Everybody takes things differently, and I want you to listen to it and see what you think about it. But... Here, this is from a book. The next book is, um, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Hashtag At Sign Percent Sign Explanation Point, which really means the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And that is a mentality right there. But it's by Mark Ans Mark Manson. Uh, I read it. <laughs> the uh, the caption or the heading is, but, 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 but if I'm not going to be special or extraordinary, what's the point? Which I highly recommend this book, by the way. But... It has become an accepted part of our culture today to be believe that we are all destined to do something truly extraordinary. Celebrities say it, business people say it, politicians say it, even Oprah says it, so it must be true. Each and every one of us can be extraordinary. We all deserve greatness. The fact is that this statement is inherently contradictory. After all, if everyone were extraordinary, then by definition, no one would be extraordinary. That's missed by a lot of people. 
And instead of questioning what we actually deserve or don't deserve, we eat, we eat up the message and ask for more. Mean average has become the new standard of failure. The worst thing you can be is in the middle of the pack, the middle of the bell curve. When a culture's standard of success is to be extraordinary, then it becomes better to be the extreme low end of the bell curve than to be in the middle because at least you're still special and deserve attention. Many people choose this strategy to prove to everyone that they are the most miserable or the most oppressed or most victimized. A lot of people are afraid to accept mediocrity because they believe if they accept it, they'll never achieve anything, never improve, and that their life won't matter. This sort of thinking is dangerous. Once you accept the premise that life is worthwhile only if it is truly notable and, a gr and great, and you basically accept the fact that most of the human population, including yourself, sucks and is worthless. And this mindset can quickly turn dangerous to both yourself and others. The rare people who do become truly exceptional at something do not do so not because they believe they're exceptional. On the contrary, they become amazing because they're obsessed with improvement. And that obsession with improvement stems from the unearning belief that they are. In fact, not that great at all. It's anti-entitlement. People who become great as something become great because they understand they're not already great. They are mediocre. They are average. And that they could be so much better. All of this. Every person can be extraordinary and achieve greatness. Stuff is basically just jerking off your ego. It's a message that tastes good going down, but it's in reality it's nothing more than empty calories that make you emotionally fat and bloated. The Big Mac for your heart and your brain. The ticket to emotional health, like that to physical health, comes from eating your veggies. That is, accepting the bland and mundane truths about life. And I'm just going to leave that at that. I'm not even going to dive into that. I think that was deep, and I think that <laughs> you guys should really think about what I just said. But now, we go on to my favorite section of the podcast. Motivation Monday, fellas. Well, sorry, ladies and fellas, ladies and gents, whatever. But Motivation Monday, let's go. And my Motivation Monday comes from that video. And I, uh, it says, it was when Kobe was talking about, you know, we don't want to live with regret. We don't want to sit there and wish, say, I wish I would have done more. And, you know, he looks, he was talking about, you know, playing when he had to go play Vince Carter in 2000 and his back was spasming and he doesn't want to have those regrets. So he said, he, he did the Mamba mentality and he said, you have a lot of days to get rest, but today ain't one of them. He said, he's going to see me. Vince Carter is going to see me today. That is the mindset. That's toughness. That is the mindset, but it's the mindset that gave you that toughness that said, you know what? I got days to rest, but today is not one of them. My team needs me. Same thing's true, like, I think with a relationship or, you know, um, in, like a, a business with your boss or, you know, with a relationship, it's, you know, <laughs> things are hard right now, but I'm going to fight through it. I'm a, we're going to figure this out. If you care, like, if you want to be with that person, it's, you know, we're going to figure this out. And, but back to the whole Kobe thing, it's, uh, you know, you look at his, he, the man did this how many times? He tore his Achilles in a two-point game where there's playoffs involved and still stepped up to the free throw line with a torn Achilles and hit two free throws. 
And he's in the training room after that. He walked off the floor after that, went in the training room, and his kids are looking at him and stuff, and he's telling his kids, you know, Dad's all right. I'm all right. It's fine. And he said, you know, I did that because I'm setting the example for them. It's just another obstacle, but that obstacle cannot define you. That You're going to go through so many obstacles in life. And he said, you know, that was not going to be the reason I had to step away from the game because he was going to step away from the game on his own terms. That's mama mentality. We all need to develop that. We're going to have so many obstacles in life. You know, a breakup, fire from a job, car wreck, bad day at work, bad game, arguments, whatever the hell it is. It doesn't define you unless you let it define you. Don't let it define you. That's not who you are. You're gonna, that obstacle, that one obstacle, is not defining who you are. Learn from it and grow past it. So with that, I'm going to wrap up. Thank you for listening to episode 24 of the Roughnecks Podcast. Don't forget, go on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast. Give us a follow, like that giveaway post, tag a friend, and enter into that giveaway. And then you, when you're done with that, go get yourself another entry. Go on Twitter. And, you know, like that post, follow us, RoughnecksPodC1, and then um, retweet that tweet and enter twice so that you guys can get the first ever Roughnecks Podcast gear. I've never gave anything away. There's never been anything made that is Roughnecks. This is the first time ever we're moving and growing as a podcast. So help me out and get yourself some free stuff. All you got to do is like and follow and tag. It's simple. So do that. And if you like this episode, if you like all of our episodes or any episode, do me a favor, go down, scroll down, rate and review it. Um, I really want to see those reviews because I like to hear what you guys are thinking. Like, and also you like, you can message me and tell me what you think of the show. Tell me what you think I could do different. Tell me what you didn't like stuff like that. I'm open to hearing what you guys have. Um, Subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes. If you want to talk to me about uh, collaboration or you want to be on the show or you want to be a sponsor, I'm also still looking for sponsors. I'd love to have a sponsor. But go email us at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week for a great conversation with Lindsay Karastensel of the podcast Be Boulder. But until now, you know the deal. Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.